It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. What's up, Talk LP Podcast fans? It's Amber Bradley, your host. Super stoked to have two folks in the hot seat this week on the podcast from Vigilaire, the new rage, I will tell you, I've heard it from so many people how awesome these folks are, and then heard you at Clear, which was like standing room only, which is awesome. So Nancy and Ross from Vigilaire, Nancy, we're going to have you give your background and Ross do the same because I will not do it justice with what we got going on. So welcome, Nancy. You've got Thank the you. floor. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate Amber. I'm a big fan, so excited to be here on this platform and um, so, you know, I started out uh, working Los Angeles Police Department uh, back in the mid 90s, uh, working patrol, just like everybody else, working footbeats. Um, that's where Ross and I met in South Los Angeles doing that. I eventually transferred over to narcotics and I thought that that was that was it for me. I thought this is where I'm going to spend the rest of my career. I was I loved it. And then 9-11 happened, you know, and everything changed, right? I mean, not just, uh, I mean, especially for law enforcement, but it really, looking back, like changed the entire trajectory of my career. You know, um, uh, I, along with many others, were immediately sent on loan to Anti-Terrorist Division, which was a huge eye-opening experience. We all just kind of were like, wow, like, who are these people that we know nothing about that are integrated into our societies? And and, uh, you know, it was cancel your days off, cancel vacations. We worked 12 hours on, 12 hours off. And we were all just put together, you know. And one of the things that we recognized right away was that um, even within our own department, there was a lot of, uh, of miscommunication. We weren't on the same page. There was no standardization. You know, just trying to communicate with each other as we're following people made our job that much more difficult. Um, but then kind of as the terrorist thing died down a little bit, then our anti-terrorist division um, morphed into our major crimes division. And basically at that point, we were at the department's disposal. So we were following all sorts of suspects, you know, terrorist rape, robbery, homicide, cargo theft, arson. We also did internal investigations. So basically we had the run the gamut with the type of suspects that we were following at that part. And uh, I promoted through the ranks of detective on the job, always ultimately coming back to the undercover. You know, I found my theme and, and my passion on the job and so was making my way back to surveillance. Um, and then at one point as a detective supervisor, I worked the uh, officer involved shooting team. And again, that was that was a big eye opening experience for me as far as the seeing it from the command staff or corporate level, if you will, the risk management liability issues. Um, being able to see firsthand and investigate some of these critical incidents that uh, when people were working surveillance or undercover and things went sideways, um, maybe some of the red flags that they missed or maybe even ignored um, that maybe could have prevented that, you know, and so that was a huge thing and not to Monday morning quarterback people, you know, um, but we all can learn from that, you know, and that's something that we can share with others in hopes, again, that they're not making the same mistakes that we are, you know, so then um made my way back i was assistant squad leader for surveillance for a while there i got pulled up into our counterterrorism bureau and worked a uh, a top secret espionage case for a little over a year but ultimately weighed, made my way back to surveillance and so for about the 10 plus years prior to my retirement just in july of uh, this past year 
I was running my own squad um, at the detective three level, which for the rank structure with LAPD, it's basically between a sergeant and a lieutenant. And so the good thing about that is that I was a, I wasn't running them from behind a desk at the office. I was out in the field, you know, with them, I was jumping out on foot. I was doing the same things that they were doing. And, you know, I got to have fun my whole career, you know, basically spying on people, which how fun <laughs> is that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, all of that experience, like, you know, I've, I've mentioned, I say this in the class all the time, all of that really means is I've been out there doing this a lot, but making a lot of mistakes, you know, and, and I'm, humbled. And I know that I'm not perfect by any means. I, I never come back from a surveillance and say that was perfect. You know, I, I couldn't have done anything better. I mean, there's always room for improvement. And that's something that we share with our students through Vigilaire is, is, you know, always trying to improve and learn from my mistakes and learn from each other, you know, and stuff. And that's how we can be better moving forward. Um, and then a little bit about our teaching and stuff. We started out Again, like I said, after 9-11. Sure, hang, was... no, hang on with that, though. Let's get Ross yeah. in to give his bio. And then okay. I want to get to that because everybody's like, this is so cool. And maybe it is the the state. Ross, we were talking about this, right? And I love what you said about the safety is the standard. Is it how you got to say it because I'm butchering it. But it, I was like, <laughs> man, this is great. Okay, Ross. No problem. Uh, what we were talking about earlier was safety by standardization brings success. We truly do believe that. And it's a couple of different fold, right? Um, and I'm sorry, I'll, I digress there. I'll get back into my background in a second. But safety being twofold, first officer safety or investigator safety, all of us as leaders, as bosses, as, as corporations, we all want our people to go home safe, first and foremost to their families, right? That's always number one. So of course, that's what we're talking about. And then secondly, on that second prong is assurance for the company, uh, for the retailer, for the organization to make sure you're giving your people the best possible experiences, the best possible training. So then they go out there and do uh, the best techniques and what keeps them safe, right? Um, ultimately, um, we think about um, standardization. Uh, we'll break standardization down a little bit. We all drive cars, uh, cars, for example. Um, they have seat belts, they have headlights. They're all required to do those things. They're all the same pretty much if you're here or in Europe or anywhere else because uh, the industry has recognized that's what's the safest possible thing to do, right? Um, handcuffing, you go to law enforcement. We all handcuff people the same way, whether you handcuff a suspect in Florida, Texas, New York, or Los Angeles, they're all handcuffed the same way because we accept that this is the best standardized practice to do. And so then that's what we're talking about standardization. So you bring those two together, safety by standardization, it brings the best possible um, outcome of success for both the investigators and the organization or retailer. So that's what we're kind of talking about. And that's what we really uh, try to bring with um, the best standard techniques and training um, to uh, everybody that comes through Vigilaire. Because surveillance isn't, I mean, what from what I've gathered from what you both have said, and then Ross, we'll get your background because I think it's really important is, you know, there's been so many other standardizations as you're saying, Ross, about all of these different things in the industry, but what about probably what seems to be as an observer of the, of the industry, a pretty dangerous potential, right? Which is surveillance of suspects, whether it's ORC or something else. I mean, that's a pretty dangerous thing not to have kind of a standard, this is how you do it, right? I mean, so give us give us your background and then we'll get into all the different things that Vigilaire offers when it comes to surveillance training. Okay. 
Um, I have 29 years on the Los Angeles Police Department. I currently am a detective officer in charge, like Nancy talked about, a detective three of a crime task force uh, here at the uh, LAX airport, where we I basically run a team, a multi-agency team that handles uh, anything from cargo theft, terrorism, narcotics, uh, any type of crime, robberies, anything that happens or that affects uh, the airport is, is the team that I run. Um, I started off in the Los Angeles Police Department in early in 1994 um, out in our Pacific Division, which is our, our West Los Angeles Venice Beach area. I went down to South Central. I worked a patrol um, down in uh, the Watts area of Los Angeles. That's actually where I met Nancy Amoroso, uh, probably back in 1995, 96. Um, and so then I've kind of mirrored a lot. Nancy and our careers kind of mirrored. We've had uh, fantastic jobs along the way, been very lucky, uh, that's for sure. I went and worked a unit called Rampart Crash, uh, which I think they later made a bunch of movies about like Training Day and whatnot based it on that. Um, but um, fantastic time, gave me a great experience in regards to working gangs, first introduction into organized type criminals and crimes, cartels, South American theft group type stuff. Um, I made detective after that, roughly in 2000-ish. Um, I went back out to our west side, pretty much worked the gambit of crimes that you can, uh, thefts, autos, domestics, sex, homicides, robberies, burglaries. Um, then after that, I went to undercover narcotics. And I worked in our downtown slash Newton area um, doing undercover narcotics work. And then like Nancy had talked about, 9-11 um, changed everything, got sucked up literally into anti-terrorist division. Now we are into terrorism and, and everything uh, associated with that. Somewhere in 2005-ish, uh, we changed uh, the mission for anti-terrorist division into to incorporate major crimes. And then uh, I think Nancy might have mentioned we were doing high-profile homicides, South American theft groups, anything that had a major uh, major type crime and the most important stuff that was hit that would hit the city of Los Angeles or at least this Los Angeles area, uh, we were involved with doing the surveillances for that. Um, I went and did a bunch of undercover internal type stuff uh, for the Los Angeles Police Department um, in doing uh, covert surveillance and operations. I ran operations over there for a long time. And then recently I came out to the, uh, the airport here running this crime task force. Um, so that's pretty much where we came from. Uh, to be quite honest with you, in 2015, we started Vigilaire um, to teach law enforcement and to teach other agencies and federal agencies around the country that didn't have access to the uh, subject matter expertise that we had. Um, and then in 2018, we literally got a cold call from, um, from a, an ORC investigator who said, hey, do you teach um, non-law enforcement? Do you teach retailers or private industry? And uh, we were a little hesitant. We wanted to vet that information. We were totally unfamiliar with ORC. Uh, both Nancy and I will cop out to that. We had no clue whatsoever. Um, but yet, uh, once we did figure that out, and once we, we saw uh, what was happening there, and that you guys, that ORC could use uh, this skill set, and that we possess that to help them, uh, that's when we branched out into ORC. And uh, COVID hit, obviously, hurt a lot of people across the country in many different ways. But then after that, Vigilaire has been uh, very prominent in, in training ORC investigators around the country. Well, I wanted to have you both go into like a in-depth bio, because if you meet both of you, you're you're so humble and unassuming, like you would never know the background that you both have, because most people who have that background, you know, they're walking around like untouchable, you know. Oh, so I think it's so cool 
that both of you are such kind people and just unassuming, like you would never know the backgrounds that you have, which is why I think that's, it's so cool, especially with what you're training, that it's not insignificant in the lives of these investigators when it comes to their safety. So Nancy, talk a little bit about some of the training that Vigilaire is doing now, kind of how it works. Like if people are like, oh, I want to sign up for your whole class virtually. Like I'm curious, you know, of the of, of what you guys kind of cover in case people haven't heard. Okay. So, you know, Ross and I are the sole co-owners of Vigilaire. And, you know, like Ross had mentioned, we've known each other for the years. And if people don't know us already, you'll know by the end of this podcast that we're total geeks and just <laughs> really passionate about surveillance and stuff. I think Ross had already mentioned that. But, um, you know, so what we do provide is that professional standardized training, you know, to the ORC investigators and law enforcement on the fundamentals of surveillance and covert operations. We offer a, a three-day class and we cover like a wide variety of topics, uh, including like necessary equipment, uh, location setup, terminology, vehicle and foot surveillance, counter surveillance, night ops, uh, overall safety concerns, and really the current best practices in the field of surveillance. Um, we kill you by PowerPoint, you know, at first. So, um, but the good thing about but not our later. class is <laughs> that's true <laughs> because uh, later on in each day, um, you know, for us, the important and best part of the training is we get the students out into the field every day and we give them that ability to then practice firsthand the techniques that we've talked about in the class and we've laid out in, you know, in the classroom. We also videotape them for review and you but know it's it, one so thing that's for like and I... videotape like actual video but also audio right because like in the cars because y'all do the whole mobile thing right like if people yes. are you you're recording how people are communicating with each other because that's a exactly. I have never done it so I don't need any hate tweets what do you know about this right I know I don't know anything about it which is why I'm talking to them but you know um communication seems like a pretty big deal in these situations. So you're like even recording them when they're in like the cars and stuff, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's a key point. I mean, the video seeing it means nothing without the audio with it, you know? And so um, we're in the car, they're following us as the suspects. We have the camera outside the back of our car. And basically, you know, it's like I was saying, there's, you know, Ross and I can stand up and, and say, hey, you know, when you did this or you came around this turn, you know, you maybe could have done it like this or also to say like, hey, you guys look at this, look at how good this was, you know, because when you're out in surveillance, um, it might be just Ross and I in the rabbit car, so to speak, and the one surveillance car that's behind us that sees the good or maybe where there was room for improvement. But by videotaping it, it really is such a great learning tool. We've got tremendous feedback, fantastic feedback about that, that the students really go, oh, like, I really see that now. And I get yeah, what you're talking about. It's like about. videoing yourself public speaking. Yes. Because then you have no idea that you're, you know, doing this every five seconds or whatever, right? Until you see yourself. Exactly. Like I'm going to work, I'm going to look back at this podcast and be like, oh my gosh, my hair was in my way. <laughs> That's why I never about... watched them back, Nancy. You just don't watch them back. And oh, good one. Good one. That's a good, thank you for that. Then I won't watch it. I won't watch it. But you know, the biggest thing that we stress too, is it's not about trying to uh, make anybody look silly or stupid. You know, we really try to give them a safe environment to learn, you know, and that's what yeah. we're really there for. And, and we joke and we have a great time in the class and those fellow students and alumni can attest to that. I, I think I feel confident, 
but you know, again, it's about all learning from each other, you know, and at the end of the three days, you know, it's funny, the first day we have them and they're always, the students are like, oh my God, we're awful. This is terrible, you know? And we kind of laugh and we go, you know what, you guys just trust, trust each other, build that trust over the next three days. We're going to get you guys working together as a team, whether you're the same organization pulling people from throughout the country, or you're from multiple organizations that are going to get pulled together anyways on some of these big cases, right? You guys will see, you'll start working together, your team. And by the third day, I think like that's really so great to see when they all come together, we have like a final practical uh, exam, so to speak. And they're really working together to, uh, to successfully complete or achieve that objective, you know, and they come back and they're, they're so excited, you know, and, and it's so great to see because they go, yeah, you know what? It does work if we trust and we just let go really like, you know, and the, and the best thing about it too, is that what we like is the students literally can't wait once they leave the class to get out there and go do it. And so we get, you know, we get text messages, we get pictures, we get all sorts of things. And because it's immediately impactful for them to go out and use that very next day, yeah. you know, out in the field. And so yeah. I think that is also a, a good thing about the training that we bring to the table. So Ross, let me get you in here because, you know, I was thinking as Nancy was talking, the increase in ORC um, is something everyone's feeling. And, you know, I've done a bunch of interviews, you know, one with Raul Aguilar on Operation Boiling Point and the other one with the Homeland Security Lead Division. I'm probably remembering it wrong, but it was really meaty about how they work together. But, you know, they did talk about how important it is for ORC investigators to come to them with a case that is buttoned up. Right. And so it makes me think like this, your training is even import more important than ever when you think about the increase in ORC, the decrease in law enforcement's capacity. Right. I mean, you sitting in LAPD still like, you know, it's a, it's almost like a perfect storm that it's like, OK, well, we got to get some help. We got to be able to package this up in a nice bow, provide it to the help at the federal level. But, you know, and 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 be able to help our police law enforcement partners. And this is part of it, right? This seems to me your training is like a piece of that puzzle. Yes, very much so. At least that's the way we see it. We call it painting a picture, right? Uh, being able to describe what you're seeing while, while it's happening in surveillance. And so then just like ORC, you were talking about it's expanding. It seems like the perfect storm is happening. And that's the picture that we do see. Uh, it seems like to us, no longer are the criminals fairly simple, still in a pair of, uh, of your product or socks or whatever it is. Um, you know, they're, they're coming in and, and boosting a bunch of your product. And, and then from multiple stores, these guys, uh, these suspects are organized. They work in teams. They use decoys. They've scouted your, the, the locations already, whether those be stores or warehouses or trucks. Um, they're becoming more and more proficient, right? Yeah. They're going into the system. And unfortunately, or, or maybe sometimes it works out, but sometimes the system spits them right back out. So now they have some experience in that. They've, they've tested the waters. They've talked with other criminals. The funny thing is we, they do the exact same stuff that, that law enforcement does all the time in trying to gather their uh, experience and training, um, talking to other officers, gaining their valuable experiences, and then using that. Um, so they have their own version of, of training and professional standards and whatnot. And we see these criminals um, 
you know, doing counter surveillance, like we talked about scouting, using layoff decoys. They have a plan. It's so much easier now with technology to communicate uh, so much more easily. Um, so yeah, uh, they're sophisticated. So yeah, if you're not sophisticated, sophisticated, you're you're starting from from beyond, you know, below zero, right? Right, exactly that. And so then that's where Vigilaire comes in to be able to bring the best practices back, of course, and have you practice those, make sure you're proficient in those, make sure you're aware of those things uh, to be the best and safest you can possibly be, right? Um, that's that's our goal. That's our job is to try to get you up to speed, trained as, as well as possible um, for all these new challenges that these suspects are bringing because um, they have evolved. And so then you, we as an industry have to evolve as well. So the audience definitely knows who you both are. Now they know what Vigilaire is and does. So I want to move into giving a little meat just in case people are like, okay, great. This is a commercial, but it's really not because I think it's really interesting what you guys do. And um, it's almost like about time, right? Because this is, I have, I'm very passionate about the safety and security of professionals out there. And this is, speaks to that, right? So if you had, I'll get both of your quick thoughts because we're almost out of time, but if you had to pick one thing, and maybe it's not one, but um, that retailers may be doing wrong, not saying you are guys, but just saying you might be doing wrong on the surveillance side that could be bad. And you want to say there's not much room for error in this whole thing, you know, like, right? I mean, the suspect sees you or something and somebody's mad you know what I mean like that's it's dangerous anyway I gave you enough time to think about it all right so Nancy we'll start with you and then we'll get Ross's opinion I don't know if you'll be on the same page this will be interesting to see <laughs> yeah so uh good question you know and I'll tell you uh rather than like thinking about what they're doing wrong I'm I'm actually fascinated like I think it's fantastic that these retailers are putting these teams together you know yeah. And they're they're so passionate uh, when they come out there. They've got great attitudes. Everybody just wants to soak this up, you know, because most of them, uh, same with law enforcement or prior law enforcement, have never had any sort of professional standardized training. And so I think that um, that has been the biggest kind of obstacle is, you know, um, I, I watched your podcast just recently with um, uh, the NRF experts and stuff, right? And you were talking about legislation and all of that. And it was like, you're making great strides in that. But if again, like you talked about, you can't put this this bow on this case, which starts at the field level, you know, it's these That's ORC right. investigators that are doing that. So you really have to set them up for success. And so for us, it's laying that foundation down. And a lot of them at no fault of their own, um, you know, are maybe lacking in some of that. And even with the prior law enforcement, you know, there's people that have come through that, you know, they think, oh, I've worked it for years and I know everything about surveillance. And we say, okay, great. Like just keep an open mind. And hopefully there's one or two techniques or things that we can teach you in the class. And afterwards, the feedback is usually like, wow. I mean, even the people with the most, you know, experience in the world and think they know everything have learned something, you know? And so I think that, um, that, it's, it's coming around. I think people are starting to realize um, the, the need for that standardization. Um, and so I think that's important. But again, it's just something that they only know what they know. So that was super politically correct. And I'll say it not politically correct. <laughs> that never. OK, what I heard was a potential mistake that retailers may be making. Number one is not training their people 
on how to correctly do surveillance. And number two, if you're a know-it-all, you don't be a know-it-all because you you need to come to the class. Don't be a know-it-all. People who are know-it-alls, it's hard to teach them anything. Okay. But so, so I had to like get there with the whole like <laughs> not. So you said it better. You said it in a nice way. But just in case people are driving and they were like, oh, wait, what was that? Um, I had to tell them. Don't be a know-it-all. Okay, Ross, your turn. Maybe we should say biggest mistake you see along the way. I don't know. Go ahead. Biggest mistake. Whatever Nancy just said. Uh, <laughs> correct, Being a know-it-all. I knew it. <laughs> no. Um, uh, ultimately, you know, what we like to see, and, and again, I uh, it circles around exactly what Nancy had just said, that standardized training, but the synergy that they get from uh, working together. One of the things that Nancy and I pride ourselves about is we take this ragtag group right in the training some of them have never met before whether it was because covid and they got hired and everybody's working virtually or they live across the country and never have quite got this together they're a new team but ultimately we pride ourselves and, and nancy mentioned it a little bit first day sometimes they're a little lost and overwhelmed or whatnot right and we're introducing a lot of new stuff to them but by day three they are very proud of the team they become and we take that as a personal challenge as as mentors guiders leaders uh, to teach them how to become a team and so that communication i think now the industry is communicating better than they ever have in regards to surveillance i can't tell you how many companies that we train have then went out and bought their the the communication system that other retailers are also using. Um, so then that way, when they work joint operations, they now have that. Other retailers have come back and said, hey, we uh, set a standard where all of our people have to are required before they go into field operations are required to take Vigilaire training. And we only want to work with companies that are also Vigilaire trained um, because of that. Um, because the, the the teamwork and the cooperation, the communication that all happens and, and it starts with our class and we teach them that and then we move on. But ultimately, and I, and I won't blame the industry at all, because like Nancy had said, and then you had said uh, less, uh, more, more bluntly, but ultimately you don't know uh, what you don't know. Yeah. So who knew that, right? Um, yeah. And we do people, one of the biggest compliments we come in and they say, hey, I thought I knew and, and you know, now my eyes have been opened up a little bit and we really take that as a, as a huge compliment. That's for sure. That's awesome. So if I had to boil yours down into the blunt version, it would be <laughs> if you think you're a super spy that knows everything about surveillance and don't need to work together, right? I mean, some people may come in and be I'm like, oh, I got this. I'm a super spy. I'm James Bond. I don't have to work for But even James Bond and people in his ear, you know what I mean? Anyway. I think in any industry and in, in any walk of life, you can see that, um, you know, if if, uh, if I don't know anything, we want to ask, we want to make sure just to try to be the best we can, right? And I think that's everybody that's come through Vigilaire has been, uh, had their mind wide open um, and, and open to the, the new techniques and whatnot. So we really appreciate that. Sometimes when we go to training and, and both professionally or whatever, we get forced to go to training, we get voluntold to go to training. We've been extremely lucky that, that I, I would say the overwhelming majority, if not everybody that's come into Vigilaire wanted to be there. And so that, yeah. that makes a huge difference for us too. Um, and then once they leave there, they, they really feel good about what they, the last three days that they've learned. Were you kidding? It's like so cool. Like I, I like, I feel like I want to take your class, but I don't, <laughs> I don't want to put the others, you know, at like, 
a deficit because if I'm on their team, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> anyway, well, I'll tell you, you guys are so cool. And I appreciate the fact that you're so um, approachable and, you know, just out there with this information because it's really going to change the industry for the better, make everybody safer to get a standardized way to do it. And you would think down the road, it will help in all of these complex cases that then you're probably trying to put together for some kind of prosecution. And it's not like, oh, sorry, that guy did that and I didn't document it or whatever, right? I mean, it does go far down the line, like you said, Nancy, is because you're building it from this foundation of the people in the field. Right. Absolutely. And you are, you know, like I use an example like that, the, the big high profile case they had, uh, I think it was October of last year um, in uh, Chicago. Right. And so 15 out of the 21 investigators, uh, ORC investigators were trained by Vigilator, you know, and and getting feedback from them. It was huge because they were like, it was so much easier because we could just hit the ground running and we could go out there and we were all on the same page and talking the same language. And so much so that, you know, the other, I think there was a total of five or six different retail organizations that were represented in that investigation. But, um, and, you know, the, that the, uh, those other ones that hadn't yet been to our training and maybe had heard from these other people that they went, hey, and they've re subsequently reached out to us for the yeah. training. I think they just see the benefit of, again, you know, if you're all working together, you all are, you know, on the same page to achieve this goal, you, you have to be able to communicate with each other. Well, we appreciate you guys stopping in and talk LP hot seat. Okay. Where can people get more information? Okay, so our website uh, is www.vigilairus.com. And so we've got a contact form there that you can fill out, ask any questions. Um, it comes directly to us. There's a phone number on there as well. Um, so we're open to either or. Um, our emails are flying out there. A lot of people got our personal cell phones even out there. I won't give that over the podcast. Well, I will but... put your email and your <laughs> your website in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and driving, you can't write it down, whatever. It'll be in the show notes so people can contact you from there. But thanks, guys, so much for stepping hey. into the Talk LP hot seat. We appreciate it. Thanks. And real Thank quick, so much, Amber, uh, Amber yeah. I wanted to give a shout out to the alumni out there, the Vigilaire alumni family. I wanted to give a shout out to them because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for their support and really just getting the word out and sharing their experiences. So I had to get a shout out to They're them. They're strong that. and proud, man. I've heard from them <laughs> and I think it's awesome. So <laughs> very cool. Well, thanks guys. And we will talk at you soon. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to download the Talk LP News app for loss prevention headlines in the palm of your hand. Thanks, guys. See ya. Cuz, cuz, cuz. No one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cuz no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.